Now this morning, uh, I couldn't help but think as they came to the last portion of that beautiful uh, piece that was just sung to us, and sorrow and crying shall cease. And uh, of course from my own heart, uh, I just can't help but think of what the second coming of Christ means to us. For as long as the Lord is away, sorrow and crying, funeral, will not cease. Oh, it's true that we have a comfort that comforts our hearts. Comfort ye one another with the comfort wherewith ye have been comforted. Comfort each other with these words, Paul says. And he speaks of the second coming of Jesus and the resurrection of the dead, and how blessed this is going to be for all of us. To know that uh, God has given us his Holy Spirit because we've believed, and this is the guarantee to us that our bodies are going to be transformed. We're going to receive a body like unto Christ's body. This is the great joy of the Church of Jesus Christ. This is all that differentiates you from all the world outside in that you have this glorious hope of the blessed coming of Jesus Christ, the glorious assurance that he's coming again. And so when it says that sorrow and crying shall cease, the day will come when it will cease. I wish it were now. Some of you younger ones may not think that way. But I can assure you that if the Lord Jesus come, came now, you would escape a tremendous amount of sorrow coming into this world and a tremendous amount of trials. And though you may feel that you have missed a lot because you may think, well, I haven't had a chance to get married. I haven't had a chance to, get to have children. I haven't had a chance for this or a chance for that. But I want to assure you that with all of these things, comes sorrow also, that no matter what we do, we cannot avoid the sorrows, that every husband and wife, after all, the odds are just one and two that you'll lose one or the other, right? Fifty percent chance. I have never yet buried a husband and wife together. Frankly, I have buried a lot more husbands and wives. And I've often thought that, uh, you know, I hear about more women being in the church than men. And I'm thankful it's not that way here, but I have often thought in my heart there's a reason for it. They're going to lose their husbands first, usually, because statistics are pretty high on the loss of husbands first. But what would you do if you did not have the comfort of scriptures, if you did not have the comfort of the Lord Jesus Christ? You'd have no place to turn. And so that's why when I talk on the second coming, and I've been really giving you teaching, and I have to say it's difficult for me not to go back and to, to go over what I've gone with you and say, now I'd like to go back and talk to you about now, three or four weeks ago I spoke about Russia, you know, and some have come to me and said, could you talk on that again? 
Well, you know, it, you can't keep reviewing all that you've talked about. I might say that if you didn't hear it, there are tapes, which if you have a, a cassette, there are on tape, on cassettes. And uh, you can get those back messages that you uh, may not have heard. You may have to wait a little while. They always go out. There's 10 to a dozen that go out a week to our shut-ins, to missionaries, to those who would never hear. And as a matter of fact, they go up to, uh, when Howard Michelson go up to Sunshine Acres. And there were a lot of them went up there this weekend. I want to thank all the men and uh, uh, who've gone up and worked with Howard up there at Sunshine Acres. I don't know how many went, but really thrilling to see them work. And they'll have tapes up there so that they can use even while they're working up there. But they are available if you should want them. But it is difficult for me not to want to go back and to go over each part of it. Now, last week I spoke to you about the 70th week of Daniel. And the 70th week of Daniel, the history of Israel and of the world, let me say, is divided into 70 weeks as far as God is concerned. Each week is a period of seven years. That's 490 years. 483 of those years have passed according to the 27th verse of the ninth chapter of Daniel. The last week has never occurred. The 483 weeks of seven years of peace, of 483 years, ended with the cutting off of Messiah. That's what Daniel 9 tells us. When Messiah was crucified. That finished it. God's dealings with Israel ceased at that time. The way was open to the way of the Gentiles that they might come in. He came to his own, his own received him not. To as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. And so there is in here sort of a valley in which the age of grace comes in, where both Jew and Gentile may find Christ as their personal savior. Then at the end of this great age of grace that has been going on, since the time, remember, of the Messiah's being cut off, crucified for our sins, until that time when the last week begins, the 70th week of Daniel, which is spoken of by Daniel the prophet, the abomination of desolation that is to come. And that abomination of desolation will be when this great world ruler comes, the Antichrist, and sets himself up in the temple of the living God in Jerusalem to be worshipped instead of Christ. He is satanically empowered and practically the incarnation of Satan himself and sets himself up in the temple to be worshipped. And Jesus warns us in Matthew 24, 15, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, then... He talks to the Jews. Don't look to see what you should do. Immediately remember the words that have been spoken to you by Daniel the prophet, that this was coming upon you. And then the time of great tribulation comes in for Israel, the last week of Daniel. 
That is what is coming in the next historic program concerning Israel. Israel had to come back as a nation. Israel had to be gathered from the four corners of the earth. As Isaiah said, Israel had to be brought back to the land, and she's been brought back to the land. And now the scene is laid. When that last week shall come into being, when great tribulation shall be upon the face of the earth, as never was before in the history of mankind. Jesus speaks of it often. There are, according to Keith Brooks, 1,845 references to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Jesus warns us continually, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the day of the Son of Man. They were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage, and such a day as they thought not, the Son of Man came. As it was in the days of Lot, wickedness great in the world, in such a day as they thought not, judgment comes, you see. Judgment comes. To Noah, the flood, the same way the sun shall come. As the lightning flashes from the east to the west, even so shall the Son of Man come. It's going to happen, and it's going to happen soon. It is only possible for the spiritual mind to comprehend this. The mind that has been transformed by the Holy Spirit of God is the only possibility of understanding it. Otherwise, it is an old wise fable to you. It means nothing, and you receive no warnings from God. God is warning us in these last days, it's coming soon. His warnings are clear. He says, as it was in the days of Noah. How was it in the days of Noah? Wickedness was great in the world, God says in Genesis, and every imagination of the thoughts of men's hearts was only evil continually. And has there ever been an age where there is so much evil and sin and wickedness and evil continually around us? As it was in the days of Lot, so shall it be in the day of the Son of Man. Wickedness was great in the world, and Lot's wickedness was tremendous. And we're told as the lightning flashes from the east to the west, so shall the Son of Man come. We are so oriented to time that we cannot conceive of how fast things happen. You seem to, we get the idea that things have to be measured by time. One thing has to happen here, one thing has to happen there, and finally we will notice it all coming. God says you will see the signs of the times, but you will not recognize the speed and the haste with which these things occur. Let me just give you an example. We wonder how could the Antichrist come without us having good warnings of his coming? How would it be possible for him to come? How would we not know he's in the world right now, possibly? We don't know. His time of great tribulation will be in the last week of Daniel, the 70th week of Daniel. And his greatest power will be in the last three and a half years. Daniel makes that very clear. 
that in that last week there'll be a covenant made and the Antichrist will break it with Israel in the middle of the time of the week and the last three and a half years shall be filled with hell upon the face of the earth. But the whole covenant, the 70th week of Daniel, is all tribulation. It is the battle of Armageddon prolonged. The battle of Armageddon, as I said in Scripture, is palimos, which means the campaign of Armageddon. It's not a single battle. Battle would be mashe, one battle. It is a great campaign of seven years. How long have we been fighting in Vietnam? What is it, ten years now? Somewhere around that. We don't think of any individual battle. It's a great campaign, whether we like it or not. Let me give you an example. Look back at the World War. I, well, some of you can't. I can World War II. But I can remember at that time, Adolf Hitler was one month away from discovering the atomic bomb. One month made the difference as to whether today we would be under German control or be victorious before we found it first. We think, you know, that things will have to happen so slowly. Why, the difference was only a month. In power, which one found the power first? And everybody knew that Germany was working on it, and our scientists were working on it, and the one that got it first was to be the one that would be the victor. And if it had been Germany first, we would have been bombed instead of Japan, and then the edict would be given to us. Give in. So don't ever get the idea that there has to be a prolonged time before Antichrist is revealed. He will come up in sudden power. And his power will be beyond all atomic bombs and everything else that we conceive of. Because the scripture is clear that in front of him will be done miracles and that he will merely call fire down from heaven through his emissary, the false prophet. Through mighty miracles. God makes sure we understand that it's miracles. He uses the word miracles. And his power will suddenly be manifest to the earth that this is the man who's going to take control of all the world and the world government which is to come. You know, it's strange that the two great authors of the two great prophetic books are Daniel and John. Daniel is the Old Testament great prophetic book and Revelation is the great prophetic book of the New Testament. Of these two men, the most tremendous thing to me is this, that both of them Daniel is called God's beloved. He says, Daniel, thou art beloved. And here is the revelation of that which is to come. And of John, it says this, 
and he was the disciple that Jesus loved much. So to these two great prophets, to Daniel and to John, were given the prophecies of the last days. Now turn with me to Daniel 7. Last week we were in Daniel 9. I wish we had hours today, but we have the Lord's Supper, besides which they'd flash the light at me anyway, even if we didn't have the Lord's Supper. But someday, someday, I have often thought when I hear of the messages, you know, that they have in the Vietnamese church and in some of the churches that are having revival at the present time, and there are a few areas of the world where revival has broken out, that the meetings run anywhere from three to five to six hours of prayer, and three and four preachers will get up. And the whole families are there with the children. I guess we never understand unless first we were under persecution. Don't you think so? I guess it's because things are just a little too easy for us. We've got plenty of food on the table somehow, and things seem, even with the country, you know, going through a high unemployment rate, yet things seem, by and large, to be in that kind of a prosperity era where we never know what the suffering of the world is. Do you know that we consume at the present time 40% of the world's produce? Can you imagine that? According to scientists, at the present rate that we are going in 20 years, then the scientists say, if we last that long, the United States will consume 80% of the world's produce by the way we eat and the way we consume all kinds of instruments that we get, electrical and otherwise, that we just consume everything, consuming our own resources. And the amount of money that we have is, is unbelievable. It disturbs me when I read an article that says, do you realize that last year the nations of earth spent a trillion dollars on armaments? The nations of earth! I guess we spend up around 70 billion or so, don't we? When we get it all figured out, I forget what it is. But it's high enough. To think that this is the world we're living in, and if we don't have that assurance of Christ coming, oh, how sad. It's going to be. All right, Daniel 7. Daniel speaks here, and blessedly so, of four kingdoms that are coming after Daniel now. He speaks of the four kingdoms, and I'm not going to go into each one because this would be a long study, but I will say this. Those four kingdoms are Babylon, which was the kingdom of which Daniel was himself part of. And then the next kingdom was Medo-Persia. This is all in the seventh chapter here. And it's also, incidentally, in Daniel 2. The third kingdom was the kingdom of Greece. That would be the kingdom of Alexander the Great. And the fourth kingdom that he speaks of, 
He doesn't give a name to, but it is Rome. This is the kingdom that he spends the most time on because it is the future kingdom and is the kingdom of the last days. Now, Rome has a tremendous history as a kingdom. It extends far beyond the history of all other kingdoms. It began 240 years before Christ and lasted for 1,400 years after Christ, before its final vestiges fell apart. But the Roman kingdom went on for century after century after century, and it finally didn't die completely until the last Roman Empire was the last Roman emperor was gone in, in the 1400s. So it had a long stay upon the earth. And Daniel speaks of it very specifically. Of the other kingdoms, he says very little. He uses a verse for the first kingdom and the second kingdom and the third kingdom. But when he gets to the fourth kingdom, he has a lot more to say. The kingdoms are always identified with the men who have part in them. In Medo-Persia, I believe it was Cyrus. In the Grecian kingdom, it was Alexander. We hear it called the Alexandrian kingdom. Hard to realize what a tremendous kingdom this man, this young man who died at 29 years of age, had conquered the known world in his day. And if you read the early parts of Daniel, you'll find there what it speaks of that kingdom. It said it was like a leopard in the sixth verse. He was fast, which had on its back four wings of a fowl, and the beast had four heads, and Alexander's kingdom finally divided into four sections with four governors over it. And he was fast and flash and war. And then he comes to the fourth kingdom. And this is what he says in the seventh verse. And this I saw in the night visions. And behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly. And it had great iron teeth. It devoured and brake in pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it. And it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it. And it had ten horns. And I considered the horns. And behold, there came up among them another little horn. This is Antichrist. Before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth speaking great things. Now go to verse 23. Now the angel reveals to Daniel the meaning of this. Thus he said, The fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, and shall tread it down and break it in pieces. And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise, and another shall rise after them, and he shall be diverse from the first group of kings completely, and he shall subdue three kings, and he shall speak great words, notice, against the Most High. 
and he shall wear out the saints of the Most High. This is in the tribulation period. This is those who have come out of tribulation. The Jews and the Gentiles, who even though they know it probably means martyrdom, have seen the church caught up to be with Christ and know that this is the Redeemer, this is the Messiah, and they have come to Christ. And they are martyred during the tribulation period. And he wears out the saints of the Most High, and he thinks to change the times and the laws, and they shall be given unto his hand until, notice, a time and times and the dividing of time. Now, let me say this. Time is one. All right? Just so you get this straight. Times are two. And the dividing of time is one half. So the period is three and one half years. Just so you get that straight. Time is one. Times are two. And the dividing of time is a half. So it is a three and one half period where this one comes into great power. Now, may I ask just a simple question and then quickly give you the answers that I feel are necessary at this point. The whole world is going to get what it's been asking for since it has shut the only true God out of all of its counsels. Neglect God and you invite Satan in. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? The world has cast out the Christ who came and was God in flesh. And having done so, has invited Satan in in the coming personage of the Antichrist, this fourth beast of Daniel, who will be, as we see, the first beast of Revelation 13. Daniel and Revelation must go together. And the first beast of Revelation 13 is the fourth beast of Daniel here, who is going to rule and is going to speak against the Most High God, notice that, atheist, unbeliever, caring not for God, satanically indwelt, anti-God, anti-Christ, hating those who have been redeemed, even though the Lord has taken his church to himself, and then people in the tribulation period cry out and come to Christ, 144,000 Jews shall be saved, 12,000 out of each of the tribes of Israel, and become the great, great evangelist on the earth in that day of great tribulation, there will be martyrdom will come to many during that time. Oh, how God is warning us that we should never go into the time of tribulation. If it's going to cost you your life during that time, because you will not listen and you will not receive the mark of the beast upon you. And God says, if you won't receive the mark of the beast in that day, they will slay you. How do they slay you? Oh, they don't have to take the sword. All they have to do, according to Revelation 13, is to allow you to buy or to sell unless you have the mark of the beast upon you. You can't buy food and you can't sell what you make. 
so you will starve to death. And they'll let you starve in the streets as they do in India today. You find them dying in the streets. No buying, no selling. What can you do? Nothing. Now, who is the Antichrist? Well, let's see what the scripture says quickly. As I said, I wish we had hours here, but let me turn with you to the 23rd verse notice now of this. He is a world ruler. Notice this. 723. He is a world ruler who is to come. The fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon earth, which shall be diverse from all the kingdoms, and shall devour what? The whole earth, okay? There's never been a king who's ever done this. May I remind you of that? History has no such king. Alexander didn't even know he existed. He'll devour the whole earth and shall tread it down and break it in pieces. Now turn over to Revelation 13, 7, all right? We want the New Testament side, don't we, of this? I see that red light. I can't believe it already. Seventh verse. Now, this is speaking of the Antichrist, the first beast. Notice the first verse. John says, I stood upon the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rise up out of the sea, and had seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his head the names of blasphemy. Notice what this beast was like. This is the last beast, the fourth beast. Notice, and the beast that I saw was like a leopard. Remember I mentioned Alexander? Like a leopard? You read those in the, in the first few chapters of seven. He was like a leopard, he was like a bear, and he was like a lion. Now, if you notice the first three kingdoms, Babylon and Medo-Persia and Greece, this is what they were. This is going to have all their power, you see, everything they had, plus Alexander will be nothing, you see, compared to what this man will be. He'll have all the tremendous power. Daniel mentioned that the first one was like this, the, the bear, the lion, and leopard, you see. Or the lion, the bear, and the leopard. Here, he tells us that he has all the qualities, this fourth beast. That's why Daniel spends so much time on the fourth beast. On the other three, he only spends a verse each. But when he gets to the fourth one, he has to tell us because this is the one in the last times of kingdom before the great millennial kingdom of Jesus Christ. This is the one that shall rise and make war against the world and conquer all the conquerors. An amazing thing happens in these verses, you'll notice. Marvelous to my way of thinking. In Daniel 11, and I'm just going over this quickly, I'll talk to you another time about it. In Daniel 11, it says that the kings of the north shall come against them, the kings of the south shall come against them, and the kings of the east shall come against them. But you notice it doesn't mention anything about the west? Why? Because the west is the Roman Empire, you see. All the empires since Daniel have come out of the Mediterranean area. Did you know that? 
not out of the populous places of the world. China will have one billion people in the year 1990. Did you know that? India will have one billion people in the year 2000. Did you know that? But out of them, no great kingdom arises. The kingdoms all came out of the Mediterranean area since Daniel, you see. And this here kingdom, notice now what he has to say here over in the seventh verse of the 13th chapter. It was given unto him, this Antichrist, to make war with the saints, the saints of the great tribulation time. He descends, remember, in the middle of the tribulation upon Jerusalem and that most terrible time comes into being when it says little flesh shall live upon the face of the earth. And he, God says, only for the elect's sake will I shorten those days. For my people Israel, I will shorten those days. But great power falls upon Israel in the middle of that 70th week of Daniel and this terrible fourth beast falls upon them, the Antichrist. Notice what it says and to overcome them. And power was given him over what? All the kindreds and tongues and what? Nations. No one has ever had this power. Daniel says it, you see. Revelation says it, you see. Tremendous God showing us what the future is going to hold. This great beast shall come forth in tremendous power, miracle-working power, satanic power. Let us remember that the second power to the Holy Spirit is Satan. Remember, he is a spiritual power. You and I are the dupes to say that we in any way can battle Satan by ourselves. We have no power to do it. Satan goes about like a roaring lion, devouring, it says, whomever he will. Your only chance of ever winning the battle with Satan, beloved, is the Holy Spirit's presence in your breast, and that's all. You can't beat him. He is tremendous in power. And here it tells us there'll be a world ruler. Notice there'll be, secondly, a world religion. May I say this, when I think of a world ruler, I can't help but think that it's in its infancy, the United Nations, the principle here is gathering of one great world government. One great world government with a king, a ruler, a dictator, if I might say, overall. I had read the other day that uh, Sean O'Casey, or was it not Sean O'Casey? Eric Fromm says, I foresee two possibilities. The survivors of a thermonuclear war will have organized a world dictatorship, which is to come. But there'll be a world religion. Notice Daniel 11.36, all right? And I'm going to close with this. Daniel 11.36. There'll be a world religion. 
And the king, this is the Antichrist, shall do according to his will. Notice. And he shall exalt who? Himself and magnify himself above what? Every god. And he shall speak marvelous things against the God of gods, against our Heavenly Father, against his Christ, and shall prosper till the indignation be accomplished, for that has been determined and it shall be done. This is God speaking. Now turn with me to Revelation 13, 8, all right? Let's see if there's going to be a world religion according to the prophet John, 13, 8. We just told him that he's been the conqueror of all nations and tongues and kindreds, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Notice, all the earth shall what? Worship him, the Antichrist. So there's going to be a world church. You can see it, can't you, coming? The World Council of Churches. You can see it all in the preparation stage. World Council of Churches. Beloved, quickly, just now as I close, because I have to close. And I want to say this very carefully. In Revelation 21, 6 and 8, it says this, And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. And verse 8, But the fearful... Notice this, fear not, little flock. It is the will of your Father to give you the kingdom. The fearful, don't ever be fearful. And the unbelieving, and the abominable, and murderers, and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. May I, may I just say this, that word sorceries bothers me greatly. The word sorceries in the Greek is pharmakias, and the word means one who uses or dispenses spell-giving drugs. If ever a word applies to an age, it's this age right now. And that's what God is warning, spell-giving drugs. May I, boy, I wish I had an hour here from what I see happening in the junior high school as low as the public schools, high schools. It seems to me on the college level where it started, it's beginning to wear off. The kids seem to be getting smarter about the drug situation. But God warns here that all the sorcerers, those who either dispense spell-giving drugs or use them, what a word of warning to this drug-oriented culture we're living in. Anxieties and frustrations and hang-ups, all you've got to do is go to the doctor. And these things which would turn souls to God, all you do is go to the psychiatrist or the doctor, and the doctor gives you either some amphetamines or some pills or some anxiety-delivering things, and you get over your anxieties, and our bodies react to them, and somehow those things that should draw us to Jesus Christ instead of drawing us, Lord, 
it's been sad. There's been a turning away. Oh, that we would see that these are the last days, beloved. Oh, that we would understand it. Sorceries, tranquilizers, pep pills, amphetamines, barbiturates. Oh, there's a place for them when people are dreadfully ill and have great need or have pathological cases that need treatment. We should thank God for drugs. But beloved, when we hear of what's happening to them and their use of it, God deliver us. He says here, all sorceries shall go to the lake of fire. What does it mean, God? The word is pharmakia. Those who either use drugs or disperse them or sell them to others. May God deliver us from such. Let us pray. Father, we thank thee for thy blessed word. Bless it to our hearts now. And as we come to the Lord's table, Lord, Bless each one. Father, may we truly love thee with a love that is deeper than any love that we have known in life. In Christ's name, amen.